roses, lyrics, and love, and optimism, pessimism, and realism. Uh, a very special Tuesday, King of Hearts, money, and all the things in the world that don't last. Yep, this is The Truth in Words and Music, podcast episode 136. Hey there, Tony here. Glad to be back with you this week, and I hope you're glad to be back too. Um, Sounded like quite a bit there at the opening, didn't it? Well, I've got a lot, so I'm going to kind of get right into it. Uh, This being February, I know that uh, a lot of you are probably thinking, hmm, what do I get this month that I really, really like? Chocolate. That's right. Valentine's Day is coming up. My wife and I don't really celebrate Valentine's Day all that much because our anniversary is actually two days after that on the 16th, and we prefer that one. That's more of our uh, love day, if that's what you want to call it. We'll be celebrating 26 years of marriage, and uh, we're thrilled about that. One year past our silver, and uh, you know what they usually do on Valentine's, of course, is a lot of... Chocolate is sold. Uh, I know that you probably understand that there's got to be some uh, uh, romance, right? And romance comes in the form of flowers, and that kind of takes me into this first part where I said roses and lyrics and love. Oh, my. Well, when it comes time to mend fences and, and celebrate things like Valentine's Day, roses are just about perfect, wouldn't you say? I mean, they're beautiful. They smell nice. Women seem to love them. Why? Well, because they're beautiful and they smell nice. Duh. And what does it matter why they love them, right? I mean, it's just important to know they do. And at least if, if you're having a loving relationship is important, to you, is important to you, then it's important to know. I mean, it's, it's not a lustful relationship we're talking about. We're talking about loving. You know, you don't, for lustful relationships, you don't need roses. For love, you do. Okay, guys, uh, today I'd like to share three key ingredients for guys, to uh, this, these are key ingredients to a stronger, longer-lasting relationship with your wives and girlfriends. Are you ready? Here they are. Roses, lyrics, and love. That's it. I know you can take care of the roses and love, and I've got some um, lyrics for you. They're more for you than her. And what I mean by that is listen to the words, and I suggest you internalize them, um, and if you see yourself in them, then you can learn from them. I mean, that's, that's what I hope anyway. When I was a singer-songwriter in Nashville in the middle 90s, I was almost always the only keyboard player on showcase nights. And um, one of those nights I took an offbeat song of mine with a key signature played mostly on the black keys. A guitar-playing uh, songwriter who sat behind me commented to the audience that he really liked it, and the host for the night had me play it again. And it was, it was kind of cool. I mean, usually the guitar players were more apt to uh, say, you know, what's he doing here? But this time it was a, a guy who really liked the song, and he was noticing that I was playing it in a key that guitar players don't typically play in. And it was a song about roses and their role uh, in couples making up. And I mentioned on my website that uh, I wanted to play this song for you on my podcast. If you were just 
reading on the website, you didn't get the song. And those of you who are subscribed here to the podcast, whoop-dee-doo, you're getting the song. And here it is. It's called Roses to the Rescue. Thank you. 
Hope you enjoyed that. That's uh, an old recording back from the 90s that I've digitized. I probably should get back in there and and uh, make that more updated. Maybe I could sing it a different way and using different instrumentation now. I have some cooler gear. So, uh, I don't know. What do you think? Do it again? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'd like to get right into the next subject about the optimism versus the pessimism versus the realism. What are you, an optimist, a pessimist, a realist? Which one are you? Well, for me, I prefer optimist. And the realist in me sees how bad things are. I mean, politicians, they can't even seem to figure out how to work within a budget. We got murder rampant all over our country and countries go to war at the drop of a misplaced word, but the pessimist in me says the world will only get worse. I guess sometimes I'm a pendulum in that regard. I'm an optimist, pessimist, optimist, pessimist. And often I find myself stopping or pausing on the pessimist side. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you just see the glass half empty or and half full. Maybe you see that. That reality doesn't mean we have to give in and throw our hands up in the air. Look at that person in the mirror and say, I can do something. I can make at least some little part of this world a little better. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. But what can you do? Well, I'll show you a short list of things I think that uh, I can do. And maybe it'll help you. As you listen, think about what your talents and strengths are. When you focus on those and you ask God for wisdom and courage, you might be surprised at how optimistic you become. And Now, here's here's my list, okay? I believe that I can sing and write words and write songs about how precious life is and about how special our planet is among all the known and unknown parts of the universe and about how wonderful it feels to walk barefoot in a field of grass and about how God's love can erase tears. I can write about that. And I can even write about how dreamers make the world bearable. And they do. If you're a dreamer, you keep on dreaming, but put some things under it. Put a foundation under it. It's okay to have your castles in the air, as long as you've got your foundation that you're working on to put under it. Which one do you choose today? Optimist? Pessimist? Realist? Which one are you? And I was being an optimist, oh, about seven years ago. A friend of mine 
had um, a little girl, uh, her little granddaughter actually, was battling cancer. And, you know, you want to be optimistic about uh, the little girl's chances. Uh, it's actually pretty difficult to believe it's already been seven years ago that this little girl lost her battle with cancer. She wasn't even three years old, and most of her life had been a struggle to live. I personally never knew her, but her grandmother is a good friend of mine, and I saw how deeply she was affected by her granddaughter's illness, and, and, I, and I saw photos of the little girl named Tuesday, and hearing the anguish in the voices of her loved ones moved me to write a, a tribute song. And you go to TonyFunderburg.com, uh, look for Remember Tuesday, and it's the song that I wrote for Tuesday. Um, I'll let you listen to it there. I won't play it here since I've already played a song in this episode. But the words are, years are short and days are long. And we forget the time when lives go wrong, but we will remember, we'll remember Tuesday. Precious plans and hopes and dreams Fade away like evening's last sunbeams. But we will remember, we'll remember Tuesday. Tuesday, a life gone by so few days. Tuesday, we will rejoice your new days. Years may pass and dreams may fade and we'll forget the desperate way we prayed. But we will remember, we'll remember Tuesday. Tuesday, a life gone by so few days. Tuesday, we will rejoice your new days. I know that little Tuesday is in a glorious place, not hurting, not suffering anymore, but that doesn't make her loved ones miss her any less, and it's been seven years. And she's been with, in those seven years, the King of Hearts. The King of Hearts. You know who that is. That's our Lord. And that was a song that I wrote a few years back. Come to find out, there's a fairly well-known Christian singer, a singer who's a Christian, Tommy Funderburk. You may have heard of him more than you've heard of me. But he has the exact same last name. We have the same initials. I've, I found it really cool that he wrote a song called King of Hearts. And I wrote a song called King of Hearts. And I placed both of those videos on my website, too, at TonyFunderburg.com. And since I already played a song, like I said, I'll, I'll share the lyrics to you. The, the words are, working it out, they say they figured it out. You hear them blatantly shout, they don't need no savior. So full of pride, they say your life is inside. Don't need some prophet who died and rose again to save you. Grinding their axe for all their loving attacks. So don't you give them no facts because their minds are made up. Making no sense from either side of the fence. But still you'll get their two cents worth in a golden tin cup. Wonder what made their hearts harden. Why do they think that they're God? I pray that they can have the veil lifted and see their religion is flawed. There are no permanent parts apart from the King of Hearts. Dreaming it up. They keep on scheming it up, and then they're blowing it up in unsuspecting faces. Groundwork is laid, they've got it made in the shade, but there won't be lemonade in some eternal places. 
Closing their eyes, they walk right into the lies, but every person who dies will have their eyes wide open. By then it's too late for all the people who wait. You just can't enter the gate with all your earthly hoping. With all their best laid plans, they still just come to this. I guess they'll remain where they are while their ignorance is bliss. I hope that anybody who's heard that song who doesn't believe in God, I hope that they, I hope they change their mind before it's too late. I, I really do. I hope people who are living terrible, terrible lives in such, in such rebellion to God, I hope that, that before they finish their last breath, they change their mind. I hope they don't live for the love of this world, and they think that all, they, all there is is this world. And I hope that they don't continue that till their last breath. I hope that they don't. For things like the love of self and the love of uh, things, and most of all, in so many cases, as, as is uh, the case here in America, the love of money. And I got to tell you, that's not just a rich person's dilemma. It's all around you. In case you didn't notice, the love of money is all around you. Let me share a little story. When I started singing as a little boy, and I did, as a very, very little boy, I was singing and enjoyed it. I found that I just, I love to sing. I dreamed that one day I'd rise to the top and have all the money my heart could possibly desire, and I could see that money in gold and silver and green and diamonds, piles of it, buckets of it, buckets of it for crying out loud, truckloads of it. So as I began to practice, I would repeat over and over to myself, money, 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 a few more la-la-las, and then repeat, money, money, money. It didn't matter that I was six. I knew if I could envision it, I could make it happen. So great was my love of money. And if you believe this story so far, you don't know me at all. I spent tens of thousands of hours of my life singing and practicing and learning music theory, scales, sight reading, keyboards, percussion, harmonicas, music. For the love of money? Absolutely not. For the love of music. And music has been a constant companion and best friend to me for as long as I can remember. All the years I spent as a full-time musician never got me even close to riches, but I loved it all the same. So in this age of digital downloads and streaming music, where so many people say all music should be free, have I forsaken my love for singing and songwriting? No, not on your life. And if you explore my blog on TonyFunderburk.com, you'll find plenty of free music available. I've made a lot of my music available. I've given tons of my music away when I really couldn't even afford to do that. But... It just meant something to me to do that. And still, I've discovered something odd in America. Have you noticed how it still takes money to buy groceries and gas and cars and clothes and housing and, I mean, just about everything? What's up with that? It takes money. You know what I'd like to see? Everybody working for free and everything is free. Wouldn't that solve the problem? Or should it just be those goofy singer-songwriters and other artists who should work for free? I mean, call me crazy, but that doesn't seem balanced, fair, equitable, 
or especially sustainable to singer-songwriters and other artists. Free, we were asked to work for free and, and provide music for free, and yet <laughs> groceries aren't free, gas isn't free, bills are not free. People still want our money. Hmm, it's weird. My track record proves I don't live for the love of money, which is the root of all evil, the love of money. But I do live in a society or culture where money is necessary to live. So call me crazy again, but I still work to create and provide musical enjoyment to as many as will listen, and I'd still like to charge for my products. <laughs> Sorry if that makes me a, a bad guy. But that way I can afford to keep up on the gear and the resources to create and provide more musical enjoyment. What do you think? Is that just crazy talk? Or should I just figure out a way to do it for free and shut up? Well, I hope you see my point. And I'm going to finish up with with um, how the things in this world that cost money, even the things that don't, they they don't last. How much do you love the things in this world? A nice home, decent car and clothes, furniture, dishes, a TV, a computer, a smartphone... I mean, the list goes on. There's nothing wrong with wanting and having any of these things, and even more. And on a certain level, it's okay to love, I'll put that in quotation marks, it's okay to love your things, but when your love for the things in the world distracts you from your love for your creator, Houston, we have a problem. There's actually a place in the Bible, it's in the New Testament, where a guy named John wrote these words. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Do you see how the love that John is talking about, the love of the world and and all that. It's more about lusting after these things than it is about actual love. It's so easy to get caught up in the allure of bright, shiny objects and beautiful people and things that smell good, taste good, and feel good. But check this out. Not one of those things lasts. None ever did. None ever will. Oh, sure, they might physically outlast you, but they won't last for you. Either they will rust, mold, corrode, or otherwise break down, or you'll die and leave them here. There is nothing, no thing, able to give you one more second of life. When you realize that, does it make you feel hopeless? Well, it shouldn't, because you were created to be an eternal person. Yep, the Bible says God wrote eternity in your heart. He's eternal from eternity past to eternity future. And he created you in his image and his likeness. Your life is, or certainly can be, like God's, eternal. I told you how your things are your things are unable to add even one more second to your life. The good news, the awesome news is, God adds forever to your life. He adds forever to your life. That is, if you ask. All you gotta do is ask. That seems like the easiest thing in the world. But for most, it's the most difficult. Why? 
Well, I think it's because it requires giving up self-sovereignty and acknowledging the only one in existence who is truly sovereign. That means he doesn't require anything else to exist. We do. We had a starting point. And without the love and life of God, we wouldn't even be here. Most people live according to the lyrics I wrote some time ago that say, you want to live the way you want to live. You want to be your own king. You think you're wise enough to rule your world and handle everything. Okay, maybe you can rule your world. Maybe you can accumulate more of the things in the world and and lead a normal, happy life. Maybe you can even be your own king. But like I said, either your things will break down and fade away or you'll die and leave them all behind. There's a one-to-one ratio of people who are born and people who die. You will be no exception. If you were to die this year, this month, and this week, or today, do you know for sure what would happen to you? Do you believe the light of life would simply be switched off and you'd cease to be? Or do you think maybe there's more? Well, I know there's more. There's an overwhelming body of evidence that proves there's more. I could tell you about it till the cows come home, but if you don't look into it yourself, my words might seem like a fairy tale. In fact, if what I'm talking about here on my uh, blog and my podcast, if it's a lie, you know what? I'm a fool because I believe the Word of God. I found it in the Bible, and I've believed it for most of my life. So, for most of my life, either I've been a f- foolish enough to believe a lie and trusting something or someone who doesn't exist, or I've just fooled myself. Those are the choices. Or, maybe I've believed in and trusted the only truth. Guess what? I'm betting my whole potential eternity that I've made the right choice. If there's eternal life, and the evidence says there is, then I want that. If there's a beautiful heaven where I can spend eternity, then I want that. And most of all, if there's a God who loves me so much that he became a man, suffered a horrible death, and rose from the dead in order to make sure I could have that eternal life, then I want to spend eternity with him. Will you do me a favor? Will you look at the things in the world a different way starting today? Don't love them so much, okay? It's okay to enjoy them. It's okay to have them. But don't love them so much that you cling to them without even thinking about clinging to a creator and a savior whose name was Jesus who made sure that you could have eternal life. If you start looking at things a different way today, be sure and write to me and tell me, okay? Go to TonyFunderburk.com and you'll see places where you can get in touch with me. It's real easy. Or I'll just give you my email right now, Tony at TonyFunderburk.com. How easy is that, right? As always, thank you so much for your support. You're uh, here for my words of music, and it means the world to me. I'm, I mean that. Please share them with others, and uh, you can discover my ebooks and share them on Amazon.com or Smashwords.com. Subscribe to my podcast. I hope if you do, if you haven't already, uh, that you'll leave me a review on there. And you can leave an honest review. You don't have to just 
stroke my ego. That won't make any difference. Uh, well, might make a little difference, but you know what I mean. Go, go ahead and say what you think. You could circle me on Google+, follow me on Twitter, watch my videos on YouTube, and find me on Facebook, even. And there are lots of ways to do all that by clicking on little links there on TonyFunderburk.com. As always, uh, thank you for being here. I hope to uh, talk to you again soon. And until then, may God bless you and keep you. (laughs) 